So what I want you to do today is to take out a piece of paper and think about when was the last time I was triggered. Maybe it was this morning, maybe it was three weeks ago. Whatever you're able to recall, take that instance and instead of getting caught up in the details of who's right and who's wrong, just look at how you reacted and see which of these F-types it falls into. Welcome to Heal Your Relationships. This podcast is all about healing your marriage and your other close relationships without waiting for the people around you to change. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, my friends. Happy Thursday. So I have a bit of a cold and my throat sounds weird (laughs) or different, should I say. It's just different. It might not sound like me. And that is, you know, what happens when you sometimes get a cold and it turns into a cough that lasts for weeks. (laughs) Those of you who have elementary school kids you're probably in the plight that we're in, where it's a constant merry-go-round of viruses. We get better, we stay well for maybe two days, and then the next round starts. So last week on the podcast, we talked about stonewalling. And this week, we're actually going to have a replay or an encore of an episode that I did in the very beginning of this year called What's Your F-Type? And It was so well received. Many, many of you wrote to me saying that was very eye-opening episode and it ties in nicely with last week's episode about stonewalling and also what we're going to be going in depth in our free Facebook group this coming Wednesday. We're going to be talking very deeply about what is your go-to reaction, survival reaction when you're feeling triggered, what is your loved ones or your spouse's And how does that dance sort of create the dynamic that you've been living with inside the four walls of your home, right? When we don't have a framework for thinking about it, it just feels chaotic and overwhelming and confusing and we feel stuck and hopeless. But when we can apply this framework, it suddenly all makes sense and it gives us a way forward. So enjoy this encore, understand what your specific F-type is, and then come and join our Facebook group if you haven't already. The link is in the show notes. And there in the Facebook group, every week I go in depth on how to apply these concepts to your unique situation. I also answer questions directly from our members. So I'll see you in the Facebook group. And uh, I want you to listen to last week's episode and this episode, and then bring your questions to our live training in the Facebook group this coming Wednesday. I'll see you there. Bye-bye. Hey, my friend. How are you? Happy Thursday. Here I come again with another episode. So good to be with you today. Whenever I'm getting ready for a podcast and I'm about to record, I create a little sort of a cozy spot with a cup of chai and I just get myself into a safe, calm, open state so that I can share from that place without any grasping or without any convincing energy, right? And so every time I get into that state, it's a gift for me as well. It feels good to be in that state. So thank you for being the reason 
that I intentionally create the state for myself. So today I'm going to be talking about your F type. <laughs> what the fuck is your F type, huh? <laughs> your F type, my friend, is how you react when you get pissed off. When somebody disappoints you, cuts you off in traffic, ignores you, rolls their eyes, hurts your feelings, rejects your ideas, right? How do we react when we get triggered, when we get poked? That is your F-type, okay? I'm going to walk you through the four F-types. Why is it important for you to know this? Because once you have given it a name, you can see it happening in real time. You'll be able to notice it. The next time you get triggered, you'll be able to say, ah, here it is. It's exactly how my F-type was described. Oh my gosh, this is my nervous system doing its thing. And it gives you a little bit of relief, a little bit of distance, and little less completely believing and going along with the stories that our mind creates in those states. As I often say, self-awareness is the first step, literally, okay? And so knowing your F-type is a kind of awareness that can be life-changing. So first of all, let's think about what are triggers, right? If an F-type is your reaction to triggers, what are triggers in the first place? Well, the APA Dictionary of Psychology defines a trigger as a stimulus that elicits a reaction. Pretty simple, right? Something that is a stimulus that elicits a certain reaction in the receiver of the stimulus. What I would add to that definition, though, is that the reaction is usually out of proportion to the stimulus, right? I'll give you an example. Let's say you are shaking in fear and having a panic attack because you are literally living in a war zone right now and you hear a bomb go off, okay? Let's say that is truly where you are right now. Your panic and your body shaking and preparing to run makes sense. Yes, it's a trigger in the traditional sense of there was a stimulus that evoked a reaction, but it is not anything for us to try to shift or improve or heal. It's just your body doing the thing it needs to do to keep you safe, to keep you alive. However, Let's say you're shaking with fear and having a panic attack because fireworks went off in the distance and your nervous system immediately goes into survival mode because it reminds you immediately of something else from your past. That is a trauma trigger response, right? I hope that makes sense. The kind of triggers that we are interested in are those triggers where the reaction is out of proportion to the stimulus that is happening in the present. So this begets the question, are triggers always about past memories, right? I just said the fireworks might have reminded you of something that was really scary from the past. So it doesn't mean that you always have to have something scary from the past for you to be triggered. And the answer is not always. So the way trauma works is that it can create of course, explicit memories within us, right? Things that we actually do remember, uh, stories that we all have about 
people in our lives and our childhood and things that happened and things that we wish had happened and all those things, right? These are explicit memories. They are stored in the hypothalamus, which is in our brain. But the most potent reactivity comes from what we call implicit memories, okay? Implicit means that they don't have a clear narrative often. We piece together a flash of an image and the sound of somebody's voice and the sensation and something about, you know, the feel of that cloth and all of those things can coalesce into you having a reaction to something without or at least before you have any conscious awareness of any memory per se, okay? And these sort of implicit memories are stored in the body's nervous system, not in your brain. It's not something that, you know, you hear a firework, you you may or may not be able to stop and say, oh my gosh, I am having this reaction because this firework sounds just like Right Before you even have any awareness of what's happening, you are shaking, trembling, and maybe yelling at somebody. These are implicit memories, and these are really, really important to heal because they produce reactions in you that is outside of your voluntary control and outside of your thinking brain. So you can't think yourself out of it. You can't reason yourself out of it because sometimes when you get triggered, you don't even know yourself why you're having such a strong reaction. You have an idea. Maybe it's because of this, maybe it's because of that. Or you just feel mad at somebody in the present and you're caught up in ruminating about them. But there's a tiny part of you that's surprised by the intensity of the reaction. All that is okay. Okay. I want to tell you, we don't necessarily need to find the memory. A lot of therapy and psychoanalysis in the past was focused on finding the memory. And it's only in the last, I'd say, 20, 30 years that we're starting to understand, starting just in the very nascent stages of understanding, there's much more efficient and healing to relax your tightly wound nervous system around those implicit memories. So as a first step to relaxing that part of your nervous system, we have to be able to name something as a trigger, right? Awareness, again, is always the first step. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you the four types of reactions you can have to a trigger so that you first can know how do I tend to react and then you can name it as it's happening as a trigger. That's the first step, right? And then in future episodes, we'll talk about how do we approach a nervous system to shift implicit memories. So the four types of reactions or the four F's are fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Again, let me say that again. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Let's look at each one. The fight response is when something upsets you and you become irritable and you're body is agitated. You have a lot of energy. You feel angry. You feel agitated. Maybe you're pacing. Maybe you're raising your voice. You're getting snippy, irritable. Maybe you're even yelling. Maybe you go for a run to try to release some of that energy. There's a lot of activation in your nervous system. And it is a way of your body getting ready to defend itself using some form of aggression right? That's the fight response. 
Maybe you become sarcastic, right? All of that is a fight response. Anxiety is the fight response as well because it has a lot of agitated, activated energy in the nervous system, right? So you might be anxious and getting ready to defend yourself. So that's the fight response. The second one is the flight response. This is when you are trying to escape. So maybe when someone hurts your feelings or something happens that disappoints you or irks you, your go-to is to try to disengage, okay? These are the conflict avoidant among us. We want to avoid conflict at all costs. So we go for a walk. We don't bring up things that need to be talked about because we don't want to face somebody's anger or the discomfort that comes with difficult conversation just feels really, really hard. It might even be that you just look away when someone looks like they are upset or when you're feeling upset, you tend to at least look away if you can't get away. We also see this in actually leaving relationships when it gets overwhelming. So that's a flee or flight. Both are the same. The third one is the freeze response. This often happens when our fight and flight have not worked. When we feel that we are stuck, we're trapped, and all of our protesting and our anger and our energetic attempts to try to fix it hasn't actually worked, but we still feel stuck, we feel like we have to stay in that situation, then we can often go into freeze. Freeze is um, similar to playing dead. When an animal is being chased by a predator, it will run as fast as it can. But at a certain point, if either it's run out of energy or it's being barricaded in some way, the next thing it's going to do is try to play dead. It'll try to attack back if it can. It'll try to run away if it is smaller than the predator. But if neither of those work, then it's going to play dead. That's what we do as well. We freeze. It's kind of the deer in headlights, sort of like staying in limbo feeling like we are just going through the motions of the day, day in and day out, day in and day out. We try not to think about anything. We're just frozen, disconnected from our bodies, often just spacing out on social media for hours or on Netflix for hours. Using distraction mechanisms is common in this F-type, okay? Whether it's uh, wine or the internet or porn or shopping or food, we tend to numb out so that we don't have to think or feel and we just we just stay in that limbo state. That's the freeze response. And the final one is the fawn response. This one was added by somebody called Jeff Walker in his book about complex PTSD. I think he wrote it in the 80s. But the fawn response is something many of us uh, intellectual types, <laughs> professionals, women especially, are used to, because the culture also sort of encourages this in women, which is the pleasing other people, walking on eggshells, right? Anxiously trying to fix the situation or appease somebody else to the point of losing your own sense of identity, to the point of not knowing what it is that you want, because you're so sort of enmeshed with who this other person is and how to make them happy and how to gain their acceptance and their affection, or at least not lose it 
So the fawn response is often seen in people-pleasing, anxious, perfectionist women who, both because of their own experiences, but also because of what culture teaches us as good, tend to be the people who put everybody else's needs before their own. They may feel resentful inside, but they can't help themselves. They're the people who have a hard time you know, they'll be the last ones in a thread of text messages because they can't let anyone else's thread, I mean, text message, they can't leave it hanging, right? So they have to go in and oftentimes with a lot of exclamation points or emojis, cheerlead other people. So my friend, I want you to consider, you may have more than one F-type, by the way. People have asked me this as well. Different contexts, and different relationships, you may have a different F-type. That's completely fine. Typically, though, you will have one or two that are predominant when you're triggered. So what I want you to do today is to take out a piece of paper and think about when was the last time I was triggered. Maybe it was this morning. Maybe it was three weeks ago. Whatever you're able to recall, take that instance And instead of getting caught up in the details of who's right and who's wrong, just look at how you reacted and see which of these F-types it falls into. This is the beginning of self-awareness. When you know, oh, I tend to fight first and then I tend to fawn or I tend to fawn first and then I freeze and withdraw, right? When you can map your reactivity in this way, you can then start wielding wisdom, insight, and power to be able to shift how you show up, if you want to, right? If you want to, if this is painful, if it feels like, oh, it's horrible, why do I get stuck like this? It feels not comfortable. Then I want to tell you that there's hope, and it starts with self-awareness. So that's your job today, is just Look through the last couple of times that you were triggered and try to figure out which one or two go-to F types is your trigger response. And then I will share with you in the coming episodes how to approach each of these F types and shift that pattern of reactivity so that you, first of all, have a calmer and more confident and relaxed experience of life. That's what I want for you. All right, my friend, I hope that was helpful. If it was, please, if you haven't already given us a review, please give us a review. It helps us spread the word and helps more people find the podcast. And also, if you found any of these episodes helpful, please share and forward the episode of the show to a friend or friends who might also like to learn this stuff. I think this stuff is life-changing. I think this is what we need to be teaching in high school more than anything else. So I appreciate you. I love you. I'm here for you. Big hugs. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like access to our marriage repair toolkit, you can go to www.healyourrelationships, all one word, healyourrelationships.com and look for free training. I'll see you there.